After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Today's episode's a little bit different from how we normally do stuff, because if you listened to last week's episode, you know that we kind of left off with a cliffhanger because we had so much more to talk about. We didn't realize until we got to the end of the episode, we needed to talk more about it. So this is actually a continuation of last week's episode, talking about how to ask on behalf of your organizations for people's time, for their money, for their networks. Um, and if you missed last week's episode, we highly recommend you go back and check it out, listen to it before coming into this, because this is literally like part two of that. And so let's just jump right back in where we left off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had just talked about the importance of being upfront with what you are asking about. Um, I'd say the next thing coming from there is being upfront, but then knowing <clears throat> what you're asking for. Um, because you can be upfront and be like, I'm I'm reaching out, like I'd like to volunteer with you. We are going out to coffee because I'm going to ask you to volunteer. Um, but you need to know specifically what I want you to volunteer looks like. Yep. Are you it's looking gonna, for a once a month yeah. volunteer? Are you looking for a once a week volunteer? Are you looking for an evening volunteer? Do you have a daytime position? What does volunteer look like to you? And what type of volunteer position is it? Is it an office admin position? Do you have something working with kids available? Do you have someone who's kind of on the front lines of your ministry, greeting people and helping them? Um, What thing in your organization are you looking, like, what does volunteer mean? Because it can mean a million different things to people. Yeah. If you're going out with someone, um, you're specifically asking for a donation, or if you're speaking from... Um, a stage and you're asking for a donation, are you specifically asking for like monthly recurring um, donations, commitments, that kind of thing? Um, Are you asking for everyone to try giving a little bit one time? Or are you asking for one person to give a lot of it multiple times? Like, what is it that you're asking for? Um, There are some people that if I needed to raise money for something, I could sit down with them and be like, hey, Here's organization. Here's what it is. I'm asking you to give. Um, Here's what we're working on specifically. I'm wondering if you would give us $10,000. There were other times that I would be on a stage and it wouldn't be about the amount necessarily, but it was about trying to expand the number of people who cared enough to give. At that point, it was like, if you can give $1,000, great. If you can only give a penny, that is fantastic. Would you just join us? Um, Because the goal wasn't so much like the, I mean, the goal of nonprofit is always to some extent funding a larger amount. Um, But at that point in time, the goal was really to expand the number of people who were involved and committed to the organization. And a lot of times if you can get someone to give one time, even if it's just a little bit, it'll actually um, help increase the amount that they care about the organization overall. Mm -hmm. So you need to know what it is that you are asking for. So go in up front with the fact that you are asking, but then know what you are asking for. If you're asking for a board member, which position are you looking for? Like if you're asking for a volunteer role, 
How many hours are you asking for? What's the commitment? If you're asking for a gift, what kind of gift? I think the mistake that a lot of nonprofit leaders run into when they are making these asks is they try to ask for too many different things. Like, oh, I want to ask you to volunteer. And then you sit down with the person and you say like, okay, so you know, I just want to have a conversation about what it would look like if you volunteer. Here's a list of 400 different volunteer opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. you need to like ask questions of the per like if you you've already come up front with what you're going to be talking about so it's important to figure out what this per like let's assume you know this person a little bit but just not super well if you're sitting down to coffee right you need to get to know them a little bit to see what their life is like and what they might be able to handle and what they would enjoy doing uh, or giving <clears throat> and so you're gonna start asking them questions about like, what do you like to do? What are your, what are your hobbies? What, if you could, you know, volunteer in some way in an organization, what would give you the most amount of fulfillment? Like try to figure out what that is and then figure out a few options that would mesh with that rather Narrow than. Narrow it down for them. Yes. Cause there, I mean, on top of the fact that you might have a lot of different opportunities or different ways that somebody could give or contribute their networks. I, I want to come around to that one because that's that's a big piece mm -hmm. that a lot of organizations forget about. But there are so many different ways that if you don't narrow it down for them, they're just going to suffer from option fatigue and not be able to pick anything. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to. They're going to say like, oh, man, I, even, even if they really want to, they're going to have to say at the end of the meeting, I, I want to do this, but I have to think about it. And like that's. It's because you didn't do a good job of helping to narrow it down and define it for them, make it an, an easier choice, yes yeah. or no, for them, right? And the same kind of thing is true if you're asking like a large group of people to volunteer. Um, in that case, don't have all of the volunteer positions available for people to see, but maybe narrow it down to four or five that are going to hit different personality types. Someone who's more extroverted, someone who's more introverted, someone who likes admin, someone who um, likes to be hands-on with the community. Like have a few different ones and then have part of um, what you are asking for be what, what we're asking for is for you to volunteer. These volunteer roles generally take and give them like a range. Um, and what we'd like you to do is like fill out this thing and we're actually going to contact you. And make sure that we're finding the best role for you. Here's an example. So you can kind of see yourself in one of them. We have other roles as well. But when we talk to you, we're going to help narrow it down, tell you what the different positions are um, or something like that. So that people aren't feeling mm -hmm. overwhelmed going, there's a list of 40 things here. What if I get it wrong? Yeah. Or all of these things require me to talk to strangers and I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't think I'm a good fit. <laughs> That's a really good point. I would also say this too, that if you're going to do like a blast of, you know, to a, to a group of like 50 people or a hundred people and say like, Hey, we need volunteers. We're going to, you know, and you're tempted to want to like pass around a notebook for everybody to like sign up for what they want to do. If you want to do that kind of thing, the oper volunteer opportunities that you should be presenting in that are like super low commitment, really base level stuff that don't require a ton of the person and then just have a plan that when they volunteer in that spot, have a plan where the leaders of the, those teams 
are going to get to know these people and talk to them and have conversations about finding something that like might really fit and mesh with them over time. Mm-hmm. Like having a one, one uh, organizational leader called it having a shallow end of the pool mm-hmm. for baby, basically people just dip their toe in. And if they want to just stay in the shallow end of the pool, that's totally fine. Yep. But having something that is just like, Hey, I help out at my church. <laughs> You know, I do whatever, like maybe the easiest, you know, I greet at the door or whatever. It might be like one of the easiest things for for some people, for more outgoing people. Right. Yep. And just know that like this is like the shallow end of the pool for people. We can we can put as many people out there as we want. It's never going to be. Well, there's a there's a point where it becomes too much, but <laughs> it's going to be hard to have too many people just being welcoming faces as people come into the doors of a church. Right. So that's a great shallow end of the pool. And just have the leaders of those teams know that, like. You're scouting for people who look like they're really enjoying this and who might want to do something more or something slightly different. And you're also on the lookout for people who look like they aren't really enjoying it, but they keep showing up. And so they want to help, but this might not be a good fit for them. They might not really like it. And so then your goal is to sort of use that as like a open end of the funnel to then help get them into a more specialized and specific role that they might want to commit more to. But Again, what I was trying to say there is if you're going to do like a big blast, you don't want to be trying to fill these very specific roles. For example, you don't want to (laughs) be at the front of a church saying like, hey, we need people who want to uh, be on the worship team or in the band. You're going to get a lot of people who like just should never hold a microphone and sing (laughs) like saying, "Ooh me, (laughs) you're going to get a lot of those people and the people who are really good at music are going to be tentative to want to sign up for something like that because they know that they're going to be in the same pool with a bunch of people who should never hold a microphone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Same thing. If you're like, we need people who are willing to work with teenagers, um, that kind of thing. Chances are you don't want that to be the shallow end of the pool. You need there to be a different shallow end of the pool so that you can see how people act and how they interact with each other and make sure that they are healthy adults who can then be asked, like, hey, you're really good at this. We notice that you mentor people well. Um, you care about people well. You're have you ever generally considered? Like, have you ever considered helping in this way? Um, and so you need to be very careful. Just because you have a volunteer position open doesn't mean it's the volunteer position that should be advertised. Right. Yeah. Some of those need to be very, like, scrupulously. Mm-hmm. Is that a good, yep. good use of like word? It. I like that word. <laughs> you just have to be very careful about some of those positions, especially like working with children, like Mm -hmm. background checks required, like that kind of stuff. You don't, I mean, if you, you wouldn't want to put your kids into like some sort of nonprofit daycare Mm -hmm. with someone who, who was recruited at a large event by raise your hand. (laughs) Like, and if that's the case, you shouldn't be asking the same thing. Yep. (laughs) I think a similar thing is true with, um donations when you're at a large event like you need to know what the shallow end of the pool is and you need to know what you're asking of people and you need to know who the people are that are there um if you're at like some sort of gala with people who are consistent donors to multiple gen to multiple foundations um that's a very different ask than just a random event for i don't know just like a group of people from the community 
depending on who they are, the ask is going to be different. Um, If they're coming for a charity event, like you are invited to this event to raise money for this organization, that is a very different group of people and a different way that you can ask than you were invited to this women's event. Also, by the way, surprise, the money that we raised tonight is going to be given to an organization. Right. And it's not like that's bad. It's oh, just not that's at a all. D- very different kind of ask. Right. Because it's like, surprise, we're also raising money for a charity. You, you, you're, the room is not... Um, like, they're not primed for it. They're not ready to go. I know for myself, um, I went to a women's conference a couple of years ago. Um, and as part of it, they were like, we are raising money specifically to help these kids. Um, I believe it was... Oh, I don't remember where they were located. Um, different but country. It was a different country, and it was to raise money to help them with housing and food and, you know, basic essentials. And it was a great cause, but I hadn't gone into the event thinking, this is a thing that I'm going to spend money at. Um, I'd already bought my ticket. I bought my hotel room, my the travel, all the food, like everything else. Mm. So by the time at the end of the event that they're like, oh, also we're raising money, um, I hadn't factored that in. I hadn't in. factored it in, and mentally, it was a little bit harder to get to a larger number because I was trying to figure out all the different pieces. Now, on the flip side of it, if someone's like, hey, we would like you to come to this event for this organization. Um, it is a fundraiser, and we're trying to hit this amount of money. You can guarantee before I've walked through the door, I have looked through all of our accounts and have determined a range that we are going to give. Yep. Like it'll either be here or here and it'll be based on what this is or what this is. Um, depending on the event, if they have an auction, like we went to an event that had like a silent auction. Um, I bid on a couple things and at the end of the night, um, someone else won and someone was like, well, why don't you go up there and bid higher? It's like, because I already know how much money I'm giving period. Like I would rather them give us well. If I don't, if I don't win, then I'm just going to give that amount of money. Right. If if I don't (laughs) win, I'm going to give X amount of money. So I'd rather someone else win, so that it's being given X amount of money plus the amount that they they had won with. Um, And I just want to say, you want to structure your events in a way that people like Lisa show up to them. Because she's thinking about these kind of things, yeah. and you want you don't want to surprise Lisa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want her to have thought through and been like, "I'm excited to give. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to show up and support. I'm ready to you know do like a a match, a double, or something like that in order to like get things going." Um, but if you're if you're just gonna surprise her with like surprise, we're also raising money. Like she might not have brought cash. She might not have set aside part of our budget or whatever or and i might have already spent the monthly budget on different organization it's like yes right. i'm always willing to give a little bit extra <laughs> like i'm not going to argue with that um but it will change the outcome of that conversation right and i want to say too, um take into account even even like the smaller version of this because we're talking about more of like a macro version where people might not be ready to give but even on the micro like if you're only taking cash donations, be prepared that few fewer people are going to do that. People don't carry cash yeah. very often. Um, or you need to really prep people. Be like, this is a cash only thing. Make sure you're taking out you know, tons of cash. We have a free ATM there or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, the last thing that I want to talk about really quick before we get into talking about the networks, because yes. this is hugely important, um, is just like you said, expectations for an event where there's a group of people. Also set proper financial expectations um, if you're meeting with someone one-on-one for coffee. If someone's having a conversation, like let's say I'm going to ask someone to give to ABC Foundation. I don't know if that's a real foundation. It probably Whatever. is. They probably <laughs> teach um, early childhood development. Yeah, probably. Well, let's say I'm going to go out with someone and ask them to give to a foundation. Um, and I'm going to talk to them on the phone and be like, hey, I'm part of this thing. I just want to be able to tell you about it. I'm hoping that you'll consider contributing. Um, sometimes, not always, but sometimes it's beneficial to kind of be like, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to contribute a little bit to get started. Um, or I'm wondering if I could talk to you about, I want to talk to you, um, about contributing a little bit of money monthly or making like a longer term, higher amount pledge long term. Um, or if it's a business person, I want to sit down and talk with you. Um, and I'd like to see if at the end of this, you'd be willing to give me $5,000 for this or $10,000 or a hundred dollars or $5. Like you don't always need to have like a figure in mind. But depending on who you're talking to, if you're going into a conversation with someone who tends to give a lot, it can be helpful, especially if they have a capacity to, just so you can prime prime that, you know, but always have an out. Um, see if you'd be willing to give a substantial amount of money. I'm hoping for five, maybe $10,000. Um, but obviously, I want to just tell you about the organization, help spread the word and let you make up your mind. Um, so not going in with that pressure, but also setting whatever the expectation is, assuming you know the person well enough that you're confident to be able to have that conversation with them. Right. And um, so it's a fine line. But if you have that relationship with that person, be upfront because they will appreciate it. Some people say it's tacky to talk about money. Um, but what I think is much more tacky is going in and trying to ambush people with guilt. Yeah, or so like beat around just, the bush and be or like, beating oh, around the know, bush. Like, it's like, just tell me what you want. Like, just, you know, right. like, just be willing to have those conversations and don't be afraid of it. Um, if you can separate yourself from the outcome, the conversations will go extremely well or at least a lot better than what you're anticipating. Yeah, and I think we've heard uh, maybe maybe this is a story that like everybody's heard or maybe it's just a story that I heard from somebody I know. But <laughs> <laughs> the story of like where a guy goes in to ask for a donation from a business owner and he sits there he's talking for a while and then he finally like asks like the guy's like what do you what do you, what do you want and he's like oh you know I you know I just like you know your prayers that things would go well and and he's like okay and like <laughs> later on I think I, I'm maybe I'm getting this story wrong, but later on he goes back to the guy and he's like, "What do you, What do you want?" And he's like, "Okay, actually we need money." And he's like, oh, "Okay." And he opens up his desk and he has a check that's already written out for the amount, but he was like, "I was just waiting for you to ask for the money mm-hmm. <laughs> to give it to you." And I think when we remember that people want to change the world, people want to make an impact. It'll help us to be more honest with what we're asking on behalf of the organizations that we're a part of. Like, just just know that when you ask someone to give, you're you're giving them a chance to be a part of something great. And they they're looking for chances to be a part of something great, especially, you know, a lot of business owners, they have 
businesses that are doing a thing, providing a service, but they want to link it up to something that they feel is really important and not just something that generates money. Mm -hmm. And so you're giving them a chance to be able to do that. And maybe they just, they haven't, they, they may not have even found a good organization to partner with yet. You never know until you ask. Yes. So networks. Yes. So we talked a lot about volunteering and about money, but something that organizations forget to ask all the time is for people's networks. So what do we mean by that, Lisa? The networks um, are the people that people know. Um, so it's not... Like someone's network is, it could be um, relatives, it could be friends, it could be high school, people I went to high school with, like any person that that person is connected to is considered their network. Um, and it's generally people whose names they know, who they recognize, they might be like, um, maybe like Facebook friends with them, but generally like there's some sort of personal connection there. Um, that is someone's network. And a lot of times as nonprofit leaders, we get so focused on the people in our database or the people that we are working with on a consistent basis that we forget that each person we're connected to has a massive network of people around them who we have never met, never talked to, and probably don't know what it is that we are doing. Um, they have so much available to them. And a lot of times, either they don't know how to use their own network um, or we don't know how to ask them for help from the people that they're connected to. So I know from talking to a lot of nonprofit leaders, um, if someone has a project that they're doing and they're like, yeah, we just don't have anyone who knows how to do, let's say they're doing like a renovation project. They're like, we just don't have anyone who knows specifically how to do sheetrock. Um, and so we can get everything else done, but we hire out the sheetrocking. It's like, you don't know anyone? connected to your organization who knows how to sheetrock they're like no like, like my okay, dad knows how to sheetrock but like yeah <laughs> my dad knows how to sheetrock i'm guessing that people within your organization probably have a friend or a relative mm -hmm. who like them enough that they'd be willing to come in and maybe supervise a couple volunteers and help get it done um right. and a lot of times we look at the people that we're connected to and say does my network know how to do this instead of asking the question, does my, network does know my network's network yes. know how to do this? Oh, gosh. And so um, I I see people try like um, I see organizations working on trying to utilize networks a lot. You see it a ton in like uh, in church circles like, hey, bring your friends to Easter, for example. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like bring your friends to this event that we're doing. That's, that is, uh, working like making a network ask. Um, but that's like the only one that I ever see is like, Hey, bring your friends to this event. And that can be a really powerful tool. It can be a pretty easy, like ask, especially if the event is something that people really, really want to go to. But, um, we're forgetting that people who are big donors, probably know other big donors. Mm -hmm. So when you're sitting down to ask a big donor for money, you might want to instead think about asking that big donor, like, hey, here's here's everything that you know what this organization does. You're already you already donate a lot to us. Can you think of any other people that might want to join you in this? Like you clearly care about this. Are there any people that you know that would be like, hey, let's do that? Or maybe other business owners like 
if they're giving a large amount to your organization, they are already like your biggest champion. I mean, they're, they're a big champion of what you're doing. And so chances are they're going to be like, oh, yeah, uh, I've got this person here. It's like, would hey, just throwing this out there. Would you be OK with me inviting you and that other person out to lunch and we can have and we can chat about it? I'll be up front with them. Obviously, they know what we're going to talk about. But like, would you be comfortable with that? Um, that can be that could be huge. Oh, that absolutely. could be that could be another big monthly donor. Mm-hmm. And especially if you got the other person kind of as your wingman there, they might say like, dude, listen, I give 600 bucks a month to this organization. You can totally do that. Like sometimes they just like badger each other like that, too, especially if they're like gruff businessmen. They're kind of like, come on, you can do better than that. <laughs> they'll like join in with you, but they'll do like the friendly badgering thing and you can just be the the helpless so, like, nonprofit leader. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, it also helps because when you're sitting down with someone, let's be very clear for each conversation, ask for one thing. Don't try and get them to volunteer. And then once they agree, be like, also, you haven't given recently. Yeah. Also, also who do you who know? Do you know? Yeah. Like pick, pick the one thing. And sometimes when you're meeting with someone who's already giving, sometimes you might have the relationship where you can ask them to increase their giving for a certain amount of time, their donations. Other times, though, it's not the right time. If you ask them six months ago to increase their donation amount for a short term and the end of that term is coming up, don't go back to them and say, you know, you agreed to this for six months. Why don't you just continue? Mm-hmm. Like you're undoing the promise that you already made. So right. that can be a great time to ask for that network instead. Um, another great way to ask for a network is with the volunteer opportunities. So like I mentioned, sheetrocking, you know, as nonprofit leaders, sometimes we get in our head, the way that we meet the community is through community events. And that can be true. But oftentimes, the better way to meet community members to get more volunteers is to have a volunteer space that you need filled. And you just don't have the capacity to do it. I'm sure you don't realize how many people if they got a phone call that said, hey, I'm with this nonprofit. We help teenagers in our community. We desperately need some sheetrocking done. Um, your, your friends, whoever, said that you're really, really good at it. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to come in for a couple hours next week and help out our organization. Like people want to feel wanted. People want to feel mm-hmm. valued Absolutely. and they want to hear someone said something good about them. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many people in the community who would love to get that phone call and be able to use the skills that they've built up over years in order to help more people because sometimes people develop these skills and they're like, okay, so I'm doing this as a job, but how could I maybe use this just every once in a while? I don't want to do this. Like I don't want to start a nonprofit doing this. Um, I don't want to have to do this consistently, but I'd be willing to step in for a project. Um, That can be a great way to increase your name in the community and just get a few more volunteers involved and maybe either have a team of people who could help out once in a blue moon um, or just have someone who's a little bit more committed to your organization. Sometimes we think volunteer opportunities are for people who have already agreed to care about our nonprofit, Um, but sometimes volunteer opportunities are the shallow end of the pool Because it's not just people trying to hang out. It's giving someone something to do that they know is bringing value. Um, That's really, really huge. Right. And and chances are, if they do a certain skill, they probably know other people that do the same skill or other people that whatever. So you can always have the caveat in there and say, like, 
if that doesn't work for you, I'm just wondering if you know somebody else who might be interested. Like, and that's how you, you know, in, in sales, it's called selling through people, not to people. When you try to sell to someone, they're just going to feel guilty if they have to say no. When you sell through somebody, you're just asking them who they know. And they might say, actually, I'm the person that I know. Like, mm-hmm. I want to help with this. I want to do that. Yep. And that's really powerful because it gives them the it puts the choice in their hands a little bit more firmly to do it or not. And so when you're making an ask for somebody's network, you have to be aware of when they don't want to give you their network. Yes. And you have to figure out why. Yes. Because people's reluctance to give you their network <clears throat> is a huge red flag to how they feel about your organization. There's a reason why when they have you do those surveys, they say like on a scale of one to 10, how would you, would you, re- would you recommend this to a friend? It's because they know that if they get a number less than eight, they need to change something about their organization big time. Because if people aren't saying nine or 10, um, they're not recommending it to yeah, their friends at all. They won't recommend so, it. <clears throat> this is huge for nonprofit organizations. So if you ask somebody for their network and they're like, Ooh, I don't really know anybody. You either caught them at a really bad time and they're busy or they are reluctant to give you their network because there's something wrong with your organization. You need to fix like ASAP. Yep. That's a really, really big deal because sometimes when someone says, oh, I don't really know anyone, we take that at face value. And the easier thing to do for us as leaders mentally is to say, oh, okay, good to know. Well, if you think of anybody, give me a call. If you think of anyone, give me a call. And then we just kind of let it go. And if someone asks, well, what do you mean they don't know anyone? Well, they just don't know anyone. No, they were just being nice to you. Why is it that they don't know anyone (laughs) who they think will like what you're doing? Because that's what they're saying. They're not saying they don't know anyone. They're saying they don't know anyone who they want to connect with you. Right, because it might make them look bad or it might put them in an uncomfortable Mm -hmm. situation to have to ask for something they don't believe in. Yeah, now, the final big thing, well, I don't know if this is final. This is my final big thing. <laughs> I want to add something um, to going for the ask with a network is when you go for an ask with a network, at the end of it, do not change what you're asking for. Um, so mm. I had a project I was doing a while ago, um, and I was calling people, or I'd kind of be like, hey, I set up a time to talk with you. Just 15 minutes, I'm going to tell you what I'm working on, um, but I'm not going to ask anything of you. I'd say, okay. And so I get on the phone. I'd say, all right, hey, thanks so much here. Like, first, thank you. Please say thank you to people. Um, Thanks so much. Here's what I'm working on. If you know anyone, let me know. They'd be like, you know, I'm just not at a place where I can commit to helping out right now. I'd be like, I never asked you. Mm-hmm. And I I'd be very, very clear. Yeah. Like, I told you I wasn't going to ask. I am not asking. My ask is just for you to know what I'm doing. And if you know anyone who might be interested in helping us, let me know. And then at that point, they'd be like, oh, oh, you actually aren't asking me. <laughs> like a yeah, lot of times people of- are afraid that by asking, just hear me out, keep me in mind. What they feel is going to happen is you're going to say, I just want you to keep me in mind. But really, would you donate, please? Um, where if you're going to go in asking for their network, that has to stay consistently through. Um, mm-hmm. And I even had one person who I asked to talk to, and they're like, you know what? I'm not going to give anything. And I was like, how about this? I just want to get on the phone with you for 15 minutes. And if you try and give me something at the end of it, I'm going to decline. 
and we can set up a follow-up phone call for next week. And they were <laughs> like, oh. I'm like, I'm not going to let you. Like, yeah, and I'm it not wasn't let you give. Yeah. And it actually wasn't like a reverse, like, I'm going to try and be tricky here. It was an honest to goodness, like, no. I actually care about I actually care the about this relationship. Yep. I care about building your trust so much that you are comfortable opening up your network to me. Yep. And so I'm going to go above and beyond and literally not ask for anything. And if you try and like, well, maybe I could help or maybe I could volunteer. We'll schedule a separate phone call for that. We'll schedule a different meeting for that. We'll schedule a different time to sit down for coffee for that. We'll schedule something separate for that. Um, but we're not going to do that right now because it's not what I'm asking for. Because what you don't want to have happen is to leave the meeting and then have them rearrange the conversation in their head a couple days later and say, they said they wanted my network, but somehow I ended up volunteering. That's not what they said. Like, <laughs> How did I end up here? <laughs> how did I end up here? Even if they were the ones to say it, just keep it incredibly clear for their sake and also for yours because it builds up trust if you don't switch lanes partway through the conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, asking asking for networks, money, time is all a trust, a trust thing. Mm-hmm. It's totally a trust thing. They have to trust you intrinsically to to give their time, their money, or their network to one tiny little last thing. And we'll probably have to turn this into a whole episode at some point as well. Although not next episode, but (laughs) is you got to follow up. Yes. You have to actually do the thing. So if you call them and you ask for their network and then you just like, you, 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 maybe you have like five of these uh, phone calls or meetings where you ask for people's network and you get like 50 numbers, 50 phone numbers. Guess what? You have to follow up with all those 50 phone numbers that cost people something to give you those phone numbers that cost them potential um, credibility with those people that cost them potential um, like, hey, why did you give this person my phone number? Like that actually costs somebody something to give you access to their network, just like it costs somebody to give you money out of their wallet. Like you need to follow up and treat that as gold because it it really is that those people could be volunteers, they could be future givers, they could be future people who lead you into networks, and you never know if there's a millionaire on the other side of somebody. Like, and so it's it's so important to actually treat that those uh, connections that you get with honor and with care, and actually do it because they need to know that you like they they gave you something that was valuable to them. Our networks are actually really valuable. It's why you don't tell your friends to go see a movie that sucks, you know? And it's why you do tell your friends to go see a movie that rocks because you know that they're going to think back about you and go like, wow, that person's got really good taste in movies. And so like (laughs) your networks do matter a ton. And so just keep in mind that they're valuable when somebody gives you a, a connection, follow up on it, do a great job with it. And you're going to find that, uh, it's going to open up more networks and more connections for you in the future. Yeah. I do have to say, if I have someone who asks me for someone in my network um, and I want to give them just a little bit of a, maybe this could be something down the road. A lot of times what I'll do is give them someone who I trust a lot. And then I'll call that person and say, Hey, just a heads up. I heard about this organization. I think it's pretty great. I honestly think that you'll care about it. Um, so I pass along your information, but I'm also curious to see how professional they are and if they actually follow through. So can you let me know? 
Ooh, and you don't want to be the organization that asked Lisa for a network connection and didn't follow through. Yeah. So I, that's not good. I will do that. <laughs> if I pass someone as a referral, I will actually call that person immediately after and just be like, hey, here's the deal. Um, can you let me know how the conversation goes if the conversation happens? And I'll actually follow up a week later and be like, did you ever hear from them? And if they didn't, um, my network has it's closed. Going, <laughs> yeah, it's going to close up real tight. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, we would love to hear from all of you. There's so much with this. And sometimes we have um, conversations that happened in the past or we're not quite sure what happened or how we could have done something a little bit different. Or maybe we just want some feedback or you just want to tell a funny story. You can email us at office at LegacyBuildersintl.com. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com. 